0: Hello everyone! You are listening to On a Mother Level. I'm your host, Denise Hanitka, and this is an update episode. And I hope you're ready for all of the happy, happy updates. All the good news that your mama heart can handle. This episode is a little bit of a two-parter. The first thing that I want you to hear is an update from Alyssa. Alyssa was back on episode 90 as a guest for the first time, and she was here talking about adoption. After years of infertility, she adopted her daughter Collins. She spoke to us when Collins was two, and they were looking to adopt again. And they were going to go a different route this time, and so we talked about all the myths of adoption Developing an exceptional relationship with Colin's birth mother and all of the little steps in between that led Alyssa to become a mom for the first time. Well, surprise, Alyssa is now the mom of two because out of nowhere, out of the blue, she got pregnant on her own, a door that she thought was closed forever So she's here today to talk about her baby boy. Baby Fletcher is here. He's a little angry about that, but he's here. And Alyssa is navigating life as a mom of two. So you're going to hear her conversation first. And then secondly, a conversation with Jessica McCurney. She was on episode 67 talking about childhood cancer. Her Hudson is five years old. And he officially rang the bell at the University of Iowa Children's Hospital to signify the end of his cancer treatment. Episode 67, When You First Met Jessica, is one of the most powerful interviews that I've ever done on this podcast. And it is an important listen because even though Hudson is doing very well today, Jessica is still advocating for other childhood cancer patients. She still believes research is very much underfunded and she wanted to get out the message of blood donation and how important it is, especially to cancer patients like Hudson. So you're going to hear first from Alyssa about her surprise secret baby and then secondly from Jessica about Hudson's big day. Alyssa, you did what kind of became known as the Kylie Jenner. You had a secret <laughs> baby. I did. <laughs> you had a secret baby that not very many people knew about. I mean, honestly, how many people did you tell that you were expecting?
1: I told my mom, you know, cause you know, you had to of tell course. somebody, but we didn't even tell our families until I was like 20 weeks pregnant.
0: Wow.
1: And so people at work then didn't find out. I was like, I had just had like our, my anatomy. Um, ultrasound. And so I was like a little over 20 weeks. And I think everyone at work was starting to be like, okay, what's going on here? Sure. Sure. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, if you didn't see me, you didn't know I was pregnant.
0: Wow. And so, I mean, people who heard the last episode know, you know, some of your background, but I'm going to stay on this secret baby thing for a second, because- yeah. I'm a member of all kinds of stupid Facebook groups. So maybe this one was like on Peloton mom or something. And there was a whole thread about how it's like on people's bucket lists to have a secret baby, to be pregnant and like skip the announcing, skip the gender reveal. And obviously like, you know, perhaps those are for, you know, very just like, fun and let's see if I can do it reasons, maybe not the same reasons as you, but apparently maybe this might become a trend where people are pulling back from like the big loud announcements. And to be clear, you can, you can announce or not announce any way that you like. That's the beauty of the whole thing. But maybe there's a tiny pendulum swing that's happening where people are like, you know, I'm just going to like have this moment to myself. And I don't need to like, talk about every like heartburn experience ever. And maybe you do, want to talk about those things but anywho I just it was all in like the same week where I had you know seen your secret baby and I saw this post and I'm like oh my gosh maybe the secret baby is the thing (laughs) I had no idea it was a thing (laughs) I don't know so just watch for it if you're out on Facebook yes So people want to have secret babies anyway. So, so to get back to your background, I mean, um, can you just, for people who didn't hear your initial episode, Yeah, infertility is something you struggled with for a while.
1: Yeah. So we struggled with infertility, which ultimately led us to adoption. Um, we had a failed adoption and then we, um, adopted our daughter Collins and she is three. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so I had reached out to you um, to do your initial episode because you had put it out there that you were hoping to adopt again. And you were going to do it a little bit different this time. And you wanted to try to do it privately and make a connection, you know, through, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend or however, instead of going the agency route. And so that's when... That's when I came at you and we talked all about adoption. I think you were the first mom that that I talked about the whole process with, and it was a really fascinating conversation, but you little trickster, you, (laughs) you knew something that you weren't ready to share yet. I did. I like, especially
1: remember at the end of that being saying something like, You know what? Everything is going to be okay and everything is going to be good no matter what. And I was like really hopeful because I was, you know, pregnant at the time. And so,
0: yeah, how pregnant? I mean, you had just found out, right?
1: I had just found out, but I was like six weeks pregnant. Okay. And so, I mean, I stopped keeping track of everything. You know, when you experience infertility, it's like, eh, you know, it'll come when it comes. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. You had never seen a positive pregnancy test before, had you? Never you've taken countless ones and experienced a lot of disappointment. Yes. So naturally this time you take it. Tell me that story.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I took the pregnancy test and I didn't tell Jordan (laughs) because I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. If I, otherwise he'd be like, you're crazy. What you always think that you're you know, you're wasting all this money on pregnancy tests. And I mean, it had been years since I, I had bought a pregnancy test and, you know, I took it and it was instantly positive. And so I was like, Oh, this is not like a, Hmm. Am I pregnant or not? This was like a, you are definitely pregnant. Wow. And so, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. I, I, w- I almost, have you seen those videos? Like where people like record, themselves like looking at pregnancy tests like yeah like a disappointed 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 and then finally they have like a happy one and they're like oh my gosh and I had seen so many of those because you know whatever you like look at on social media it starts to come give you
0: you eight times more of yes
1: and so I was like maybe I should record myself and then I was like wait who am I kidding (laughs) you know and then I was like dang it I should have recorded myself (laughs) because I don't even know. Like I was just like,
2: what?
0: Right. Right. I mean, you had, you had basically assumed that having a biological child was never in your future. That was yeah. not going to be your path. I mean, that was,
1: yes, the door was closed. I mean, yeah. truly, like, and we were all, like, we were totally okay with it. You know um, we had experienced obviously adoption and the other side of things. And we knew that like biology, you know, doesn't make us a family and doesn't make you love someone. And so it, it was fine, you know, we were like, okay, that ship has sailed, but we're we're good with it. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, what? This whole door open that we we never knew was possible.
0: Yeah. And meanwhile, like, do you want to talk about the fact that you had also just experienced, you know, a, yeah. a pregnancy um, you know, adoption match that didn't work out.
1: Yeah. So in like early June an adoption attorney had reached out to us and said that she had an expectant mother who was due in July. So it was like a really quick match. And she was like, do you want me to show her your profile? And we were like, yeah, you know, and then we didn't hear from her for a couple of weeks. So I thought, oh, you know, and then all of a sudden she was like, you know, she picked you. She wants to meet with you ASAP because she thinks she's going to have this baby early. So we literally dropped everything. We, met with her. I went to doctor's appointments with her. You know, we started building that relationship and we had had a failed adoption before. And so we knew, you know, kind of what to like look out for and there are signs and, you know, it has to be the hardest thing ever to, you know, place your, your child for adoption. But having been in that before, we were like, something just doesn't feel right. You know, so we were kind of cautiously optimistic and we made it to like the day before the baby was born. And we found out that, you know, it just wasn't going to work out. And so we were sad, but also, you know, we had experienced this before and we knew that good, good can come out of bad. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Something else was meant for us, you know? Um, and then you know, a week later I found out I was pregnant, (laughs) which I just couldn't even believe because I mean, I remember when I told my mom, she was the only, we, we only, I only told my mom that this possible adoption was happening. Okay. So she knew and she comes every week to watch Collins. And so she was coming and she was like, okay, what are things, what's happening, what's happening, you know? And so one week I tell her, you know, mom, it's, it's not happening. And, you know, I think it's probably harder for your family than it is for you. You know, we've had that happen before. And I think, you know, as a mom, you're just, you hurt for your kids, you know? And then she comes the next week and, you know, I kind of like went, pulled her away and I was like, you're never going to guess what happened. And she's like, you got another match. And I was like, no mom, I'm pregnant. And like, she was like, what like what? like i just re- i remember right where we were and sitting and hugging and crying and <laughs> because we just, you know, he never thought it was going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you remember that moment so well. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, i feel
1: like i don't know. so many moments in the last like year just are stuck with you know, so vividly. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know if you found out the gender of the baby that you were carrying, but it's, it's spooky to me that the potential adoption match was a little boy and you had yeah. a little boy. Yeah. I mean, and that's we didn't find out
1: the gender. Okay. That actually happened with Collins too. We knew the first time um, when we had a failed adoption, the baby was a girl. Um, and so we're like, okay. And then Collins was a girl and we did not know the gender of Collins. And then this baby was a boy and we did not find out the gender. And then Fletcher
0: is a boy. (laughs) It's like a magical thing. The universe knows what it's doing. I (laughs) I know. So, I mean, you know, you'd never seen a positive pregnancy test before. You're probably starting to feel some symptoms. And I mean, are you hopeful are you secure? Are you feeling like really optimistic? Or I just imagine your emotions had to have been all over the place.
1: Yes, I would say that I am a, a kind of a warrior anyway, and infertility and like failed adoptions on top of that made me. I was never secure. Like. I was never secure until he was literally in my arms. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why we never said anything to anyone. I was just afraid that if I put it out there, then I would have to take it all back if something happened. Yeah, because yeah. that happened with our very first adoption. Like you know, my family had a shower. You know, you you tell all these people that you're hoping to adopt, and your this baby is due, and then all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh, yeah." And they're asking because they love you. Oh, what's happening? Yes. What yes. What's the baby, blah, blah, blah. And then you have to say, well, it's not happening. And it's so hard to say that to a lot of people and say the bad, the good is so easy to
0: say. Right. Right. But
1: it's so hard. So yeah, I was never secure. And so that was really, that was hard the whole time. Gosh, everything. <laughs> oh, that didn't
0: did everything go smooth from the start?
1: Yeah. Everything went well. Um, and so that was good at least is that everything was good. The baby was, you know, he was always healthy. Um, but I just couldn't, I couldn't let myself just completely relax and just like be, um, because I was just so afraid that if I got a little bit attached or a little bit happy about it, it was going to get like taken away from me in some way. Yeah.
0: You know, do you look back on that and feel like sad or I don't know in hindsight? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Like,
1: because I feel like I 100% appreciated and was so thankful and grateful that I was able to be pregnant and carry a baby. Like I was thankful, like, doesn't even, you know, that's not even the right word but did I like, was I able to fully enjoy it? I don't think so because I felt like I was always worried that something was going to happen. Um, just always waiting, you know, always waiting for the bad thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: you know, I I think unfortunately there's a lot of moms out there who walk around going, this is great now, but what if,
1: Yeah. You know, you just never know. And you hear so many things like pregnancy is such a huge risk for mom, for baby. And, you know, you can have a healthy pregnancy up until the end and then something, you know, bad can happen. And it would never, I thought Jordan was going to like ban me from the internet (laughs) (laughs) because I'd be like feeling pretty good. And then I'd like, read something about, you know, like a mom who had a stillbirth. And I was like, Jordan, like, oh my God. And he'd be like, oh my God, stop, stop.
0: No, I know. There's so many things that are talked about much more openly So um, which more. is so positive, yes. but it does, it puts more worry out there too. I don't know there's, it's, it's such a hard balance. Cause you want to talk about it all because someone out there is experiencing it all, you know,
1: it is. Yeah, it is. It's so hard. I didn't say anything for that reason, because I was so worried that, you know, I'd have to take my words back, but then also for so long, I identified as like, you know, growing my family through infertility and then all of a sudden i was pregnant and i almost felt like like how does this happen to me and i don't want to be overly happy to people who are struggling and not that like for anyone who announces their pregnancy or you know shares updates about their baby growing and all that kind of stuff like that's amazing and i think that you need to do whatever you feel you know happy about but sometimes i know that those posts can be hurtful in you know not purposely to people who are really hoping for a child. And so I just felt like I was like, gosh, I don't want to like throw this in somebody's face, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh, you're hitting on such a good point there because honestly, I felt this same way. So you know the the textbook definition of infertility is like you know it it, t- it took you longer than a year or something like that. Right. It you know, it's something very, very baseline infertility. Right. So for me, like I'm not the person who gets pregnant easily, but I got pregnant twice and I had two babies, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like the world's easiest. We didn't have intervention, but, but it's still just like, I felt like I went through a period of time where I did not know what was going to happen. And ultimately here I am and I have two healthy boys and I had two pregnancies and two babies. And so it feels, it feels gross to me to act like I experienced infertility, even though for that tiny period of time, when it wasn't happening, I did experience it it was just like this little bit though but mm-hmm. i never want to say like oh you know i had infertility cuz I, I i i did in the textbook version yeah but ultimately in life I didn't. Mm-hmm. And and yet I just I, I don't know. It it felt like a dilemma to me when I was posting last week about the infertility awareness week to say, like, oh, this is my story. Because my story's stupid. Like my story is dumb.
1: You know what I'm saying? Where yeah, but to you, to each person, your story is important, right? You know, right. Like you and your family, it is.
0: But I get what you're saying though, where you're like, Well, I, I was supposed to be the the infertile mom. I was supposed to be the one who's adopting. And so now yeah. Like, how can I, how can I like preach this message or spread this story when ultimately things quote unquote worked out for me, right. you know, it's, I yeah. don't know, it feels, it feels like suddenly, like now you're disqualified from sharing your story, even though it's not true at all.
1: Exactly. And like, I know that like people had followed our, you know, Facebook and Instagram because they wanted to see like, you know, how we were pursuing adoption and, you know, I, I I just, I couldn't say like I'm pregnant because like, I didn't want, you know, that can be like crushing to someone who's been trying and trying and then someone who's waiting to adopt. And I mean, I know like I felt some of that and, you know, you hate to say it. You hate to say that, oh, I saw a pregnancy announcement and it made me feel like I wanted to throw up, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, but I know that if I felt that way, that, you know, somebody else is out there feeling that way too. Right. But it is, it's just so hard because right. I'm so happy for everyone who's posted about their pregnancy and yeah, you're totally entitled to do that. And it's wonderful and you should be happy. And this is just um, an amazing time, but I don't know. It's so hard. Social media makes things
0: like, I know, I know. <laughs> and especially among women who, who have been through things like you, who are sensitive to the, the things that have made you feel a certain way. And so it's like, you keep that in the back of your mind where you just like never want anyone else to feel a certain way. You know what I mean? I don't know. And then I'm sure it's also- um it's like, it's like reinforcing that like stupid thing people say to women experiencing infertility where it's like, you know, you just need to quit trying and it's going to oh. happen. Or, oh, you just need to, you just need to, you know, really relax. And nah, nah, you know? So it's yes. like your story becomes like that exception that people love to draw on that gives hope. And like, ultimately it, it wouldn't have given you hope in the moment for some dumb it dumb does. to say it that story. Like all
1: those like cliche things, yeah. like and I can't even tell you like the amount of people who like say, have said to me, like, oh, you know what? Like, I know somebody and they adopted and then she got pregnant right away, blah, blah. You know, I mean, I'm not kidding you. Like, and those people, they don't mean it. Right, right. You know, in a bad way at all. And so, you know, I just kind of let it, you know, blow off my back. But, I probably heard that like over 20 times.
2: <laughs> no,
0: I know you're right. It's all well-meaning and it's all meant to like give hope. And, you know, yes. like, cause the stories are out there. I mean, you're a yes. walking, talking version of one. <laughs> right. I know. And But it's just not,
1: that's not how it
0: happens. <laughs> no, no, no. You weren't suddenly just so relaxed. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Right.
0: Three years after <laughs> Collins was born, I'm like, oh, oh man, I'm just super relaxed now. <laughs> Okay. So let's, um, we talked so much about the day Collins was born because it was such, such a magnificent moment. And you had this beautiful relationship um, yes. with her birth mom. And so I'm wondering like, what was in your mind the day that Fletcher was born? And I'm sure you're comparing and contrasting and, and soaking in those moments that that you were on the other side of the bed for.
1: Yeah. That was like the craziest thing. I mean, Every step of it was just crazy, like going to a doctor's appointment, like getting an ultrasound, like hearing a heartbeat, going to your weekly appointments at the end, going to the hospital to have the baby, like, you know, everything. I was just like, wow, I never thought that I was going to get to experience this. You know, I truly I I had no hope, you know, like it was done. And. So again, like, I just tried to really like soak it in as much as I could, like to really try to remember and like, you know, be present in the moment for what everything that was happening. And I feel like I, I feel like I can look back and really have a good memory of what happened that day. But, you know, it was, it was crazy to, to be on the other side. Um, I don't know. When he was born, I was so relieved and so happy. I just, you know, I keep going back to, I never, I never thought that this was going to happen. So, you know, having a baby placed on my chest, I, I was, I don't know. I cried a lot, (laughs) but it was equally as happy as I felt when Collins was born. There is no difference there. None at all.
0: What was your reaction to him being a boy?
1: So I thought he was a boy the entire time. Okay. Jordan is like six, five. He's big. He was been big his whole life. And Fletcher was always measuring like in the 99th percentile, like the whole time that I was pregnant. And so I was like certain that he was going to be a boy. Um, So I wasn't shocked at all. (laughs) I would have been really shocked if it was a girl. (laughs) But I was kind of like, yep, I knew it.
0: <laughs> the name Fletcher is so complimentary to Collins. I just love the two names together. Where did, where did Fletcher come from? With
1: Collins, the when we had our first um, like match that ended up in a failed adoption, we liked the name Collins. And it was hard then to decide to name her Collins because we had already called that baby Collins to us. Okay. You know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but ultimately we were like, okay, we like this name. Like it doesn't matter. And so we stuck with it and that happened again. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Like we liked the name Fletcher and the first time with Collins, Jordan was kind of more against it, but I was like, no, I love this name, whatever. And then with Fletcher... I was like, Oh, I don't know. And he was like, yeah, he's like, this is it. He's like, this is the name. And then Jordan just started calling him Fletcher. So then it was just kind of like, Oh, I can't see anything else.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fletcher was healthy. You did well. Delivery was smooth.
1: Yeah. I mean, everything went as well as there was nothing that, you know, was concerning. And so that was good. Um, he cried for, oh, I don't know. The first three hours, I think he was alive and he hasn't stopped crying since. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) This is our payback. Collins was like the most angelic, calm, easygoing baby ever. I mean, truly, I had no idea that she was good until, (laughs) until poor little Fletcher. So he's just a mad little dude. (laughs) Super mad. Like, I think his belly, like he's, he's got like, like he spits up a lot. He's like gassy. I think he just doesn't feel good. Like, oh,
0: Oh. I know. How has that been for you? I mean, second time mom. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: That's hard because like, you know, you want to fix it. You're like, okay, is this something that like I could be doing to help you feel better? Or, you know, are you just an angry little baby? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Has it gotten in the way of your ability to bond with him?
1: You know, he has his times where he's good. It's just hard because he, if he's not eating or sleeping, he's probably crying. And so that's just really hard because you're like, I want you to look at me and smile at me and like, you know, do all that stuff. But we're going to get there. It's been Collins. I and Fletcher at home for the last you know, 10 weeks. So
0: she's the real champion because she's just taking it all in stride. She's probably like, you brought this guy home. He's obviously mad about it. Like, what it, like someone explain this to me? Sometimes she's like, mommy, why is he crying? <laughs> You're like, I'd love to know. Oh, I'd I know. Love I'm like, well, no, he's a
1: baby. And he just, he cries a lot. And now she'll say, you know what? His belly probably hurts. And I'm like, yeah, I think so too.
0: Has anything been able to help?
1: No, you know, he has some better days than others. Yeah. And we're gonna he had his two month appointment yesterday and so gonna try to I'm gonna try to cut out dairy and so we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. That's all you can do at that stage yeah. is just try. I <laughs> know. I feel
1: bad when I go back to work for my mom and Jordan's mom who are gonna be watching them.
0: Um when Everett was born, Abram um Abram was such a Good, easy baby. And Everett just like was a little matter. He he wasn't like cryy like that, but he um we just had like so many breastfeeding issues and it was just like a whole thing. Um so I'm like always the like, you know, hey, that second baby that might sneak up on you. And then so when someone has this like super easy second baby, I'm like kind of mad at them about that. <laughs>
1: it it's true. Like, honestly, better, I think, if your first baby is the hard one, because then your second one, you don't have any expectations expectations but really? I never knew a baby could cry and be so angry <laughs> it's like, I was like oh my you know you don't want to go anywhere because you're like you're just gonna cry like right like we try to go outside or like go to the park or something like that and he's just crying and I'm like all right we gotta go home gotta
0: yeah go. like <laughs> he's just <laughs> I remember we delayed our newborn photos because I'm like he, like He's just going to be real mad in these. And to be sure, he was still pretty mad in the photos.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We were supposed (laughs) to have family pictures last week. And I emailed the girl and I was like, can we just put these in July? Because I'm hoping by then he'll be happier we luckily got newborn pictures. He was jaundiced. So he was like super sleepy, like right away. And so after he had come out of that, he got his pictures like right away. So he was still pretty sleepy. And so we got those newborn pictures in, but everything after that, I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen.
0: Oh, well, I'm hoping that uh, things even out soon for you, but it is hard.
1: It is. It's so hard. I feel bad. Like I can handle it. Like Jordan can handle it. But like for Collins, it's like, you know, he takes so much time now
0: that, you know, she's like, Hey, come on. (laughs) (gasps) Well, I mean, I don't mean to ask a, uh, a 10, 10 weeks postpartum mom this, but like, what does the future look like? Do you still think there's another adoption in your future? Are you now open to the potential of another baby being in your future? I mean, what, like, What do you think? I know it's so, so stupid early and I would not ask if we were not having a podcast.
1: Well, right now, if you ask Jordan, he's like, yeah, we're never, ever having another kid ever again.
0: You're just in the thick of it. It's just the trenches. The trenches are deep.
1: I would be open to truly anything in the future. The hard thing with adoption right now is that, um, because we had even like, right before I found out I was pregnant with him um, and like, kind of like in that week between the failed adoption and this, cause I'm a, I'm a doer, like that ended. And I was like, all right, I need something new to like focus on. And so I had been talking to the agency that we had worked with before about potentially starting up with them again. And they honestly were like trying to like deter me a little bit because they are, they have so many families, and not so many babies.
0: Really? Mm
1: -hmm. What, what's driving that? I don't know. It kind of all happened like with the pandemic. And so I don't know if like some of like the government assistance has helped some moms say, you know what, like I can, I can do this because now I have a little bit more financial help and I can raise this baby or, you know, potentially people weren't going out and like you know as much as they were because of the whole <laughs>
0: and norm. what And what Alyssa?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> How do I say that in the nicest possible way? We <laughs> weren't mingling as much.
0: <laughs> no, I mean yeah, it's I suppose it's all possible.
1: Yeah, that's like well those are like kind of the answers that they had given me and so I was like, oh, you know, it's interesting. Right. Right. Ultimately, like the goal is that like any mom, you know, parents, her child. And so I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, you
0: know? Right. I mean, I think you said as much in our last conversation, you know, in a perfect world, there is no adoption. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so truly like if that financial assistance is able to help families, you know, stay together, I think that, I think that's good. Yeah. But yeah, we'd be open to adoption. We, we told our social worker that we were going to put a hold on it. Cause we have to renew our home study every year. And she's like emailed us and was like, Hey, you know, it's that time of year. And I was like, Oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> we're going to just pause on that right now. So yeah, we're just going to try to live in the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. How do you look back on your journey to two children and, and how do you feel about it?
1: Oh my goodness. I, we've talked about this before, Jordan and I, and if I look back to like, when we were waiting for Collins, you know, or, you know, when we didn't even know who she was or, you know, that she was even coming to us sometimes we felt just so low, like, you know, how come we can't, you know, have a family can be so easy for some people. Like, why is this so hard for us? And you're like, you know, you're so sad about it. And you ask why a lot, like, why is this happening to me? Like what, you know, and all of a sudden here I am, you know, with everything that I could have ever hoped for, you know, and it doesn't matter how we got there you know, what our path was. Um, but we're just so thankful. And I just, I can't even believe it that, you know, here I am with two kids and I I could not be more grateful for that.
0: What would you say to yourself five years ago when oh. you were just, you had no answers to anything? Be
1: patient. <laughs> yeah. Be patient. And I mean, everyone I think this is hard because some people don't like the whole, like everything happens for a reason. Some people aren't religious. Like, you know, everyone has their own thing that they say to themselves. And I think that, you know, whatever you need to say to yourself to kind of keep being persistent and keep working towards your goal. I think that's the best thing. That you mm-hmm. can continue to do. I think it gets hard though, you know, for the people who have been at it for years and years. I mean, I know that that is the hardest thing is like, as the months and years drag on, it gets harder and harder to, to be positive about it, you know? Yeah. And so looking back, you know, I could tell myself like, Oh, you know, just keep going. You're going to have everything that you ever wanted. But me in that moment, wouldn't have liked that. <laughs> So sometimes there's nothing good that you can ever say to someone who, you know, who's mm-hmm. going through it, just like that. I'm here for you and, you know, I know. Yeah. it's hard.
0: Yeah. But I like that advice of like, whatever, whatever you need to tell yourself in that moment or whatever, whatever you need to do to keep yourself like eye on the prize for lack exactly. of a better word, you know, exactly. and it's like whatever. And, and if that's being mad just be mad today, as long as you're still focused on what it is that you're actually aiming to do.
1: Yeah. And truthfully, it's honestly, like, probably the biggest thing that I would tell myself is just like, keep living. Because I think we put so many things on like, hold for a while, like, you know, you're trying to get pregnant. So you're like, Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drink, or I'm not gonna do this, or I'm not gonna do that. Um, And then you're trying to adopt and you're just like waiting and waiting and you're like, well, you know, what's going to happen. And it's just like, just live and just be happy because it's going to be way better. If you enjoy what's happening in your life right now, than if you're just truly sad about it all the time. And that can be so hard because I remember I was sad too, but the days that I was happy and the days that, you know, you feel good, it's much better that way.
0: Mhm. Yeah, but it's like buy the house, take the job, um wear the shoes, <laughs> like yeah. do do all the things and mm-hmm. and it, and it, yeah, it helps you stay grounded in the moment.
1: It does. It truly does. You have to be happy, you know, and because if you're not then it's going to make that wait feel even longer.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a really good really good piece of advice. It really kind of applies to any struggle that you're facing on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wish I could have told myself that through my whole entire pregnancy. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just be happy, you know? And I was so thankful, but like, just relax and enjoy it because, you
0: know, you never know if it's
1: ever going to happen again. Right. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Your story may yet to be written still. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you one last question and I stole it from another podcast. Um, and so you're the first person that I'm asking this to. So if it's a little bit okay. of a difficult one, just roll with me on this, but I like right. it because it's very momish. Okay. You know, so you have a newborn, you have a three-year-old. What's your self-talk sound like right now? How are you on a day-to-day basis talking to yourself?
1: oh on a day-to-day basis <laughs> talking to myself yeah most of the time and this is like what jordan and i keep talking to ourselves like this is when we get like frustrated or you know something's hard then we just keep saying like we have two miracle children and we are so thankful like this moment might be hard but like it's not going to last forever like <laughs> we tell ourselves like, you don't hear about a one-year-old who doesn't sleep through the, you know, sleep better. Or like, you don't hear about a two-year-old who, you know, doesn't sleep or gets up a hundred times in the night yeah. to eat. And so like this season is short. And so we're just trying to, you know, enjoy it as much as we can and, you know, know the hard stuff doesn't last forever and they won't yeah. be little forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Alyssa anything else that you want to add because I want to let you go and um get back to those babies yeah I know (laughs) hopefully you're like
1: we don't have to (laughs) I don't know I don't know what's happening upstairs with Jordan but I get I get one shower a week um and (laughs) he'll be like what took you so long I'm like you literally had the two of them for like 30 minutes and I had to put lotion on after my shower like Come on, just give me that. Right, right. <laughs> like... But it is like when you go from 1 to 2 like all of a sudden you're like, "Oh my. Mm-hmm. Like this is hard."
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's real and you are in the trenches and my thoughts and my vibes are with you. But you're right. You're right. This the time is short. This is such a phase, but but it yeah. is a tough one. Thank you. Part two of our update episode is the brief interview that I did with Jessica McCurney celebrating the last day of her five-year-old boy Hudson's treatment for leukemia. So first, I want to play you the little news story that I did showing all of the different elements that were a part of Hudson's big day. On the last day of your cancer treatment at the University of Iowa Stead Family Children's Hospital, they give you a bell, and you get to ring it, and it signifies the end. In Hudson's case, it's the end of a over three-year journey as a patient dealing with cancer as just a 23-month-old is when he was first diagnosed, and so Although it was a television news story, it is very heavy on the sound, so you'll get to hear all of the exciting elements. It's just about a minute long, so it's very quick. And that will set up the full interview that I had with Jessica, and we just celebrated what a great day it was. And her last um, piece of interview, I I loved it so much because she gave thanks to supportive moms, and those supportive moms include you, Mama. You out there listening, you who sent a message, sending your love and hope to Jessica after hearing her story for the first time on episode 67, you are who she is thanking. So please stick around for that part of the interview.
3: Are you going to dance? I'll do this.
0: The <laughs> McCurneys are buckling up for a familiar drive. Today's a pretty big deal. So big, they need an escort. Here we go, buddy. Past their friends in Eldridge to Iowa City. This is for you, Hudson. Where for three years, Hudson's been fighting leukemia at the University of Iowa Children's Hospital. Only now he can say he beat it, ringing the bell to remission.
3: It was the most amazing sound, and he just, oh, he rang that bell with pride. He wanted to make sure everyone back home heard
0: him. He wanted everyone everyone to hear the bell. Hudson was about to turn two when he was diagnosed. His sister Violet was just weeks old. Now they've both grown up.
3: Was he's running around in his Spider-Man underwear? And I'm like, when did you get so tall? You know, (laughs) you look like such a kid now. It's like he just like matured through cancer treatment. You
0: blink. And a family in survival mode is now ready to take a breath and celebrate with the team that's seen them through. In Iowa City,
3: someone said to me over the weekend, they're like, you know, we'll continue to carry you through. We're still here for you. You know, he rings the bell, but our support doesn't end. And it's just like, oh, thank you for saying that. And all the way
0: back home.
3: Look at all of them. Aww.
2: Oh, my gosh. At
0: the finish line of childhood cancer.
2: Woo! All right.
3: How are you? Oh, you know, trying to come down from this morning's high. Oh, what a happy day. Oh my gosh. It's been insane. I don't know that I slept.
0: Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. How long has this day been on the calendar?
3: Since day of diagnosis. Really? Like we knew early on, like day one, he would finish in May of 2022. So we kept saying, Hey, just got to get to May of 2022. And at that time, we're like, it's only three years, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, day four, we're like, we're not going to make it three years. We can't do this for three years. And then it's like, we blinked and it's like, how has this been three years? It feels like yesterday, you know? It's just crazy how time can feel that way.
0: And yet, at the same time, you guys have been through so much, and there were probably like, I, I can't make it through this hour. I can't yeah, make it through the yeah. next hour.
3: Yes. Like the very first time we got discharged home from the hospital, it was like day seven. And then we were back inpatient less than 12 hours later. We were like, there's no way we're going to get through this. You know, like we are drowning in the trenches. And then, you know, somehow it just, it doesn't get easier, but you just get more and more accustomed to that life. And yeah, sometimes there were like, in hours time, you know, when he was really critical, it's like, okay, just a few more minutes, a few more minutes, you know? And wow. It's just, it's crazy to think it's been three years.
0: He's grown up in that time. I mean, to go from a baby, you know, less than two-year-old baby. And now he's a full blown boy. Child. He's a Ah. child. I know. Like he came home
3: and like, we walk in the door. He's like, okay. Like, you know, strips off his clothes. He's running around in his Spider-Man underwear. And I'm like, when did you get so tall? You know, <laughs> you look like such a kid now. It's like he just like matured through cancer treatment. You blink. And I mean, even kids without cancer, you know, they they just grow up in the blink of an eye. And it's like it we just like both sat there, Kyle and I, and we were like, where did our baby go? Oh, but grateful that he's here grateful that he's growing up and that he's doing well well where'd your baby go applies to violet too oh I can't I know you know like we were looking at videos last night and it's just like here she is you know in 2019 at this time and she's this little ham you know she's wearing like first little piggy tail and she was so little and then we're you know you watch back on these memories from early on, and you know, Hudson has his NG tube in, and his hair is really thin at this time in 2019. And you see just this little baby Violet, and it's like, was she that little? Was she, you know? And here she is, three years old, you know, full attitude, even today. <laughs> Everyone's like, can you smile for a photo of Violet? She's like, no, the bell's too loud. I'm like, oh, good good. Like, please don't get that on the news. Like, I promise she's been supportive. Oh, she has been. And there she
0: is just frowning. She's going to be frowning in every photo from today. (laughs) Come on. So what is the symbolism of the bell for people who don't know? The bell is you are ending your treatment. So
3: whether it's radiation treatment, chemotherapy treatment, you know, whatever is your treatment for cancer, ringing the bell signifies closing that chapter. You've gotten through it.
0: How did it sound to you
3: today? Oh, beautiful. It was the most amazing sound. And he just, oh, he rang that bell with pride. He wanted to make sure everyone back home heard him. He wanted everyone to, everyone to hear the bell. And so he said he would it very loud for today.
0: Oh, so I mean is it the type of thing where you walk past that bell every time you're on that floor?
3: They so they give you one. Okay. You get your own bell so they walk in. It's it's the most amazing experience and they like create this song specific specific to each child. So Hudson's was about superheroes and transformers and cars, you know. And so they write this whole song and it's to, you know, a certain beat and we had child life music therapists nurses, staff, CNAs, everyone just crowding in the room and they sing this song and you get, you know, presents and you get the, the cookie cake. And it was amazing. I saw the song. It was so sweet and the guitar and all the, Oh yeah. All of them. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big deal. And we even had other moms who, um, their kids are still going through treatment, but they were like messaging me. They're like, we're down, we're, you know, down a few doors. We can hear, we're cheering for you, you know? So they're like still in the thick of it, but they're still there for it. I remember early on walking down the hall and we were seeing someone, you know, they're walking to someone's room with the cake and the bell. And it's like, are we ever going to get to that? You know, we were so happy for them and at the same time. It's like how incredible that they made it that far. And you just feel like we're never going to get there. And then now we're that, that family.
0: Oh, wow. Well, congratulations to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. The other thing I wanted to touch on is seeing the long escort line today. Oh my gosh. And I wondered if you ever took a tally of how many times you've driven to Iowa city. Like,
3: no, you know, we got asked that today. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause I'm thinking like all the scheduled appointments, all the fever appointments, the middle of the night appointments, the blood transfusion appointments, like I couldn't even tell you how many miles we've put on our vehicle. I mean, three years worth of, I don't even know. I can't even give you an estimate. And then today we showed up with escorts. I was like, oh my goodness. Nothing like making a subtle
0: entrance to our appointment. (laughs) Like it was lights and sirens. I think that's awesome. Especially because Hudson's an honorary officer now. Officer 102, (laughs) he will tell you and he's like oh my
3: officers are here and at one point he's like well there were five why are there four and i'm like buddy they do have to work today too you know like they have their own thing they have to do um but no they took us from we met at the police station Eldridge pd at 7 a.m and then we started going around the corner that's about when the sobs started because we see all his little school friends and teachers a huge group of them that we had no idea they'd be there and they're holding the sign, and i'm just sobbing i'm just sobbing and he's wait he was very excited that they were there you know and so then they took us all the way to iowa city dropped us off the front door and then they waited in iowa city and when he got done they were all out there you know waiting for him and then they took us through Panera because he has to have Panera every time. I tried telling him, like, maybe not today, buddy, because our friends will be with us. And it was like, no, <laughs> no, we will have grilled cheese. <laughs> so here we all all pull through, all through the <laughs> I know. And one of the state patrols, like, bought our lunch. And, like, you know, they're just like the best people. And then all the way back home. And then as soon as, did you see the video, we came into Eldridge the whole high school, all of North Scott high school lined the road instead of doing history class, you know, or whatever class they made signs today. And they were all out lining the road. I mean, I can't tell you, it was like the entire high school and just signs and cheering. And he was just like, Oh, the football players are out there. They're, they're here for me, you know? And so they're all screaming and cheering and all the way to the police station. And then it's like, there's the fire truck and there's more police and more sheriffs showing like it was just like surprise after surprise after tears and more tears.
0: I just think about the day that you decided to move to Eldridge and the North Scott community. And it's like, you had no idea how big that decision would be.
3: Yeah, no. And we see other people going through, you know, the same terrible things we are and they don't have that support. And I just think like, how fortunate are we that one, we have a supportive community, two, a supportive neighborhood. Um, and three, law enforcement from all over the quad cities that help our family. Like how how fortunate are we to have all of that? Um, I cannot even fathom going through this in a different community. I can't even imagine. I'm not saying we wouldn't have support, but you know, the quad cities and the North Scott alone, they just they help one another and they're there for you. And they've just showed up the whole, the whole way through. And, and I know it won't stop either. You know, there's so many parents who that support stops once the bell is rang, but, you know, even someone said to me over the weekend, they're like, you know, we'll continue to carry you through. We're still here for you. You know, he rings the bell, but our support doesn't end. And it's just like, Oh, thank you for saying that because, you know, he'll have obstacles still nothing like chemotherapy, but there will still be times, you know, where, things are catching up to him and maybe he's not feeling well or the late effects are kicking in. And it's like, it was just such like a reminder, like we're still here for you. You know, just because we have this huge party doesn't mean the support just ends. Yeah.
0: So what is life after childhood cancer? You're about to find that out. Yeah. I guess we figure out what
3: normal can be. Um, but he'll still go every month to Iowa city. Um, he'll go every month for a year and then every two months for a year, every three months for, you know, so it it goes on and on and on. And I think when he is five months, so I think he'll be eight years old when he's considered cured. I think that's when it is, yeah, like five years after. So that, yeah, so that would make sense. Um but we'll still, you know, every day is a chance of relapse, but I hope to God that never happens. and that. We never have to celebrate end of cancer treatment again, and so we just monitor his blood, make sure that no um, cancer cells reappear. Um, the further out we get, the less chance of relapse. Wow. Um, you know, some kids relapse a month after treatment ends, and it's imagine how devastating that would be. Um, so we just hope that every day he's clear of cancer cells. And leukemia is very known for lurking in the background and then, um, you know, showing up. So we're just gonna try and push forward and hope that that doesn't happen and still, you know, just cherish every day and try and live life. He'll still need to be on antibiotics because, you know, his immune system, it's going to take six months to come back to life. You know, his bone marrow has been suppressed for three years. Um, so it'll take a while. He'll still be compromised, but it'll try, you know, healing. We just start healing, I guess, not only you know, his bones, but mentally and physically, and we just try and
0: have a summer. That's not controlled by cancer in terms of this being a little late mother's day gift. Oh, huge.
3: Oh yes. Yes. I mean, I thought it was really exciting yesterday that we got to plant some more like shrubs in the yard because it was mom's day. So I got to tell Kyle, like where we're going to plant all these things and he just did it. Right. Um, but it's like, here's your mother's day flowers, but also here is your child completing three-year cancer treatment. So that pretty much trumps any mother's day gift out there. We really celebrated this weekend. You know, he got a party like no party ever. Um, cause he's never got to have a party. You know, he didn't get birthday parties. He didn't get to go to friends' birthday parties. So we had a pretty big party at the house with, you know, alpacas and bounce houses and Spider-Man and snow cones. I mean, it was, a little over the top but i'm like you know what i we never have to do this celebration again so i went into it with that mindset and just celebrated huge and he loved it he loved every minute he was such a kid which we never get to see him do that so that was kind of bizarre you know him and violet like running around with friends was so cool to see so that was a gift in itself
0: yeah yeah. But props to you, mom, because you've had to manage your own emotions, <laughs> the emotions of two kids um, and survive, you know? Yeah, it is survival.
3: It is. And someone said the other day to me, they're like, you know, I think people forget that you also have like normal parent stress. Like, you know, the things of toddler tantrums and when they go through their little phases and they only want mom, there's all these normal motherhood stressors on top of, okay, we also have a child going through cancer, but it's like the other normal stressors of being a mom, they just don't like stop. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, that's, that's true. I guess not only are we dealing with normal, normal motherhood challenges, but also cancer challenges. So that, that was a good reminder to, like, yeah, 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 I am. Yeah but if anyone has been in my corner, it's other moms. So that's, that's another really just humbling feeling. You know, moms are always building me up. They're always like behind me, just hyping me and complimenting me. And it's like, thank you. Thanks for being a really supportive mom because you need those even without cancer, you need those supportive moms.
0: So I loved having them them in my corner. Thank you for listening to On a Mother Level, the podcast for moms who can relate. I'm your host, Denise Sinitka, and you can find me on Instagram at DeniseWQAD and find the show page at On a Mother Level. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend.
2: You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.